Well, welcome to uh, Inside the Economy from Sharky House and Jaber. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Some brief numbers here. Again, welcome to the new year. We have a new investing climate, and I want to talk about that in a minute. But inflation is trying to pick up on us a little bit. It's great. We went from 1.7 to 1.8, and that's a step in the right direction in core inflation. Very important for the Fed's decision here in March when they are probably going to raise rates again. Oil is also on the other side, and we've mentioned before that $60 a barrel really is a target rate for everybody in OPEC, certainly to OPEC, Texas producers, North Dakota producers, even Russia. $60 a barrel is where the shale oil business in the United States picks up and starts to replace the supply that OPEC is trying to limit. So West Texas Intermediate is about $64 a barrel. I don't think it's going to stay there. It'll settle around $60. Brent crude in the 70s, it's not the best measure. Nothing exciting in jobless claims. We're still at 1.4. We're still at 4.1 in unemployment. I don't think that's going to change in the near future. And interest rates have crept up a little bit. Mortgages are still in the very, very low fours, but they've probably moved in the fours for the foreseeable future. Uh, 2017 was a great year for investors. There's no doubt about that. The S&P 500 had some great days of over 1% a couple of times, but more importantly than that, it was up at the end of every month all year. First time ever. It's also the time of year when that's behind us. Think of what your investment experience was in 2017 as your last vacation. It's over. Put the suitcase away. It's fine. You could remember it. But it has very little impact on what's going forward, 2018 and 19. And I really want to focus on that. Some of that's inflation. Some of it's the corporate outlook. Some of it, and a lot of it, more and more, is having to do with the new tax code. The corporate tax rate is down very productive. There's already been a lot of employers, Walmart and a few others, that have just passed the savings that they would otherwise pay directly to the government onto employees. Well, that's where it should be. I think that trend is going to continue. It's also going to lock in some great earnings in the S&P 500. So by the end of 2019, I expect those earnings to be $150 a share inconceivable a decade ago. And if there's a lot of repatriating, repatriating of money, which there might be, there's about 2.6 trillion overseas, that's not going to go into employees' pockets. That'll probably be paid out either in a dividend or more likely than not, a lot of these companies will be buying their own stock back. Again, supporting prices the way they are. Corporate profits are great. We've talked about this. But they're not just great in the last couple of years. The light blue line here is basically what foreign profits have been, meaning activities done overseas. And the dark line is basically how it recovered from the recession in 2008. I think what we have here is S&P 500 has been doing well on their own. They've been doing well domestically and getting better. And the business overseas, though very much impacted by the value of the dollar, 
has been and is continuing to do well. This is not a short-term event. Earnings are up and revenues are up for a reason. That is not going to change in 2018 or 2019. I think that uh, the PMIs, which is the ISM numbers here, if you've looked at your numbers at the beginning, are well up in the U.S. and they're well up in Europe. They're kind of flat in China. It doesn't really matter right now what's happening in China, but the globe is going to do well. International investing is going to pick up, and the domestic stuff that most of your portfolios have a lot of is going to continue to do well. Probably not the extent they did in 2017, but they're going to do well. So, no recession in sight for the next few years. I think that's pretty clear. It'd take a lot of arithmetic to get this economy to slow down and certainly come, come to the point where we're actually clocking a recession. Continued low inflation, and I'm going to talk about that a lot here in the next couple of minutes. Despite what energy is doing, despite what's going on at the gas pump, there is not going to be anything resembling runaway or much in the way of an increase in inflation. The Fed is going to continue to raise rates, and those higher rates are not going to derail the economy. It would be very difficult to do that. We'll have a positive U.S. stock market in 18 and very likely in 19. Great. Well, on the corporate side, everybody knows there's been a lot of changes in retail. A lot of organizations have been Amazoned, and that's starting to show. It is a trend that's not going back. Here is the latest on what new openings look like and new closings. A lot of these closings, retail closings, have been Radio Shack and a few others, but the trend for Macy's and Target and is just clearly underway. It's also had an interesting impact on the real estate market. And these are late, abandoned, or seriously overdue mortgages. These are retail commercial mortgages in these huge metropolitan areas. Kansas City's very bad, Shreveport, Louisiana, and Pittsburgh, the Boig, is real bad. I think that's gonna have an impact on everyone's REITs. We're looking at that naturally. But box stores, well, they're not what they once were. So, nothing wrong. Secondly, there's been a lot of discussion and a lot of legislation about H-1B visas and who stays in the U.S. and who gets a job in the U.S. I think that's fine. I'll point out that it's not very relevant. Total foreign participation in our economy is all the way, it's just cracked 17%. It's not a huge deal. We've always had comings and goings of native-born and foreign-born. Please don't buy into the idea that you have to have the best and the brightest come from China or India or anywhere else because we don't have it. Well, we do have it. Best and the brightest have always been here. Primarily, the difference is if you're one of the great techno wizards and have a great idea in the United States, well, you start your own company, do an IPO, and hire people from India and China to run your database. That's pretty much what it is. It's not a we need them. It's a, it's a huge convenience, not a big factor. Not inflationary either. Here's another thing that isn't inflationary. The Fed is raising rates. 
As of December, everybody remembers we're up at about one and a half in Fed funds. The 10-year continues to not respond. The further you go out in the yield curve, the more inflation dependent the numbers are. The Federal Reserve controls the short end. Inflation in the marketplace has controlled the long end. As he raises rates, now <laughs> the new chairman, the short end of the curve is going to climb like it has been. This is just the last few months. The long end is staying where it is. There's no inflation driving it. And if we're ever going to see a normalization of this yield curve, what we have to have by the end of 2018 is the short end in one year rate, maybe at two and a quarter. The long end, the 30 year, the 25 year, maybe at four. Today, I don't see it happening, but maybe something will change. To not get too academic, and I want to bring this up because some people have asked me, is there a lot of inflation built in the system because the Federal Reserve has put so much money into the system? Well, the answer is no. Here is M2. Far and away, that's the red line. Far and away, the most important measure of what's going on in the cash side of the economy. M2 is currency, demand deposits, which are checking accounts, savings accounts, and money markets at banks held by mostly individuals, some small businesses. Well, it's $14 trillion. Well, that's how money is created. Money is created by banks lending to individuals in hopes of getting that money back. They don't give you stacks of $100 bills when you borrow money. They make a note in your account, a demand deposit, and there it is. That's creation of new money. And M2 is doing just fine. You'll notice that it's had some bad times, 2008, during the recovery. That's because there was a lot less lending in those times. Once the economy picked up again, lending is back to normal and growing just fine, not inflationary. Now down there on the bottom are the assets, and we've talked about this, the assets on the quote balance sheet of the Federal Reserve, about $4 trillion. All of those assets, they call them assets now, are basically the bad loans that all the banks made before 2008. All the bad homes, all the bad commercial real estate deals, all the mortgage-backed securities, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's about $4 trillion. That money is simply part of the reserves of the banking system, and very soon, this is what's going to happen to it. The Federal Reserve is already selling that stuff back to the marketplace. It's eagerly awaited. It's being bought as soon as they offer it. And as it turns out, the rest of the central banks, the ECB, Bank of Japan, are doing the same thing. There's about $11 trillion in the next five years that's going to come back into the bond marketplace, and it shows no sign of not wanting to buy it. What happens is the price of bonds, and it's already started to happen, comes down. More in the supply, bonds come down. Well, the yields go up when prices come down in the bond market. And that's going to happen. And we want the yields to go up. The Federal Reserve wants the yields to go up. It stabilizes the economy and gives them tools for what might be the next recession, which, frankly, I don't see in the foreseeable future. Anyway, Federal Reserve is going to sell those things. They're going to get rid of their assets. 
banks are going to go back and continue to be in the lending business, creating new money, taking care of the bad stuff that happened a decade ago. That has nothing to do with the rest of the treasuries that are out there. The, you know, specifically, people are talking about, oh, well, the Chinese aren't going to buy our treasuries anymore. It doesn't matter. It's $1.1 trillion, which is not significant in the treasury bond market. It's funny to say that. They own those treasuries because they need to own those treasuries. They like the income. They like having a liquid asset. Don't worry about the Chinese. I know we talk about trillions like it's trivia, but, well, it's getting there. The other thing that isn't very inflationary is this, and it's the federal budget. We're going to start the political side of that again. 1970, in the brown here, there's a huge area that was discretionary spending that people had the opportunity to debate in the political arena, Congress, and say, we're going to do this, we're not going to do that. 2017, that area is significantly smaller. By 2040, 2045, 2047, that area of discretionary spending will be tiny. It's basically more and more dependent and absolutely committed to transfer payments. It's not bad, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and over here, you'll notice interest on the debt. The budget process is not a big deal. It is debatable, but it's becoming less and less debatable and always relevant it's just not that you can do much about it. Speaking of discretionary spending, this is what the weather and the national disasters were like in 2017. There were a lot of them. We're looking at numbers about $305 billion. That's going to be part of the budget that they didn't count on. You'll hear a lot of that cost the federal government $305 billion, well, it really didn't. It's just going to be transfer payments, money to vendors, which will in turn be taxable income. It's not fine considering the human tragedy, but this is about the size of a medium-sized infrastructure bill, which they are talking about, which will be debated endlessly, but it's still going to be about the same amount of money. It'll be fine. Also not discretionary. The last thing here... Pretty much. The United States is never going to be dependent upon energy. It's never going to be dependent upon energy from anybody outside the United States to nearly the degree it has been. Right now, China is the largest importer of oil. That is not reversing. The United States is doing their own. They haven't even reopened a lot of the places in Alaska yet. And we're buying more and more electric cars. Huge source of energy. Wage push, we don't have much. Energy, no. I will talk about inflation a lot over the course of the next several programs in hopes that we get some. Now, the new tax laws have taken the deductibility of state and local taxes over $10,000 away. So that is really going to impact high-cost states. That's New York and California. Well, there's going to be a lot of debate on what they're going to do with the, quote, less revenue, unquote. But marijuana growers <laughs> is a factor to that. California just started into the business. 
They are anticipating, if they collect this revenue, $5 billion, 2018. Colorado, who are veterans at marijuana taxes, raises about $253 million in 2018 of real money. Now, the downside to this is, and you've been watching Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, these people are not being treated well because they don't have access to banks. And there's only a certain amount of time that they're going to tolerate that. These people are bright. Their employees are already used to getting little paychecks and big chunks of cash. I don't think it's pretty behoovent for the federal government to add even more penalties for dealing with the bank system to any of these marijuana grows because the states are going to need the revenue. Uh, if they go to cryptocurrencies or an economy that doesn't need the banking system, these states, federal, local, will never get that revenue back. And once they're gone, their history. The Colorado people, who are the example to everybody, have prospered in a cash corporate environment, something that the Federal Reserve never believed would happen. Well, these guys are smarter than they look. Okay, well, thanks for joining me. I appreciate that. We'll have more before the end of January. Maybe there'll be something really exciting by then. Thank you.